Right, how we doing, everybody? It is nine four nineteen. I'm your host, Will Reddington, and welcome to another episode of Red Talk. Matt Che and Corey Lefevre are here to make their Red Talk debut. We are going to wrap up our NFL divisional preview with the NFC and AFC South. We're going to give out some Week One NFL locks, and we are also going to talk about some of the worst fantasy football last place punishments we can come up with. Before we get started, our show is brought to you by, of course, O'Shea's Irish Pub. It's Wednesday, so check out the $3 sliders. Have two and a beer. You'll be full, and you'll be out of there for 10 bucks. Can't beat it. All right, let's get it going. All right, guys, part four of our four-part NFL Divisional Preview. After a long summer, football is back. We've made it, guys. Matt, Corey, it's great to finally have you all here. First time. That's what I'm talking about. Matt, do you think the Falcons can get back to the way they were in the 2016 season? I do think so. You know, there's no excuse why they can't. They've got all the weapons, if not more. They got a healthy defense, finally, as of now, knock on wood. Yeah. Uh, they spent two of their draft picks, two of the first-round draft picks on an O-line. So there's really no excuse why. Is uh, Deion Jones back healthy? Yeah. All that? Yeah, that, yes. that was, he's been uh, practicing. That's the biggest issue I felt like for them last year is just injuries. But now you have yeah. Calvin Ridley coming alive, one of the best wide receiver tandems in the entire NFL. Devontae Freeman should be healthy. No more Tevin Coleman, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, but hate to see him go. Yeah, seven, seven and nine last year, kind of disappointing. But Super Bowl two years ago, ten and six the year after that, it's pretty solid. Corey, how are you feeling about the Falcons? Uh, yeah, if their defense can stay healthy. They'll be in a lot of games, and with that offense, they'll be in a position to win a lot of those games. So that 7-9 could easily turn to 9-7 or even 10-6 with a healthy defense. I think the Falcons are a lot to finish at least second in this division. I 100%. like them so much more than the Panthers and the Bucks. I'm not sure if they can compete with the Saints in terms of a full 16-game season, but I do think it'll be close. And we've talked about a lot on the podcast already, but 12 of the 16 games being indoors. I mean, that's huge. That seems where the Falcons usually struggle the most. Matt, you already said they uh, have two new offensive line members. Where do you think they've improved the most? Uh, it would have to be the offensive line, I think. Like I said, uh, protecting Matt Ryan, I think that was one of the biggest issues last year. Pretty frustrating to watch him not be able to throw the ball to all his weapons, getting sacked before he has time. And then, like you said, about Deion Jones, Ken O'Neill coming back. I mean, KZ led the NFL interceptions last year, tied. So, I mean, I'm excited to see our defense as well as our offense. For sure. Matt Ryan, last year you would think he had a bad year based on your all's record, and he really didn't. He had one of the best statistical years of his entire career, and he was very good in comparison to the rest of the quarterbacks in the NFL. I want to talk to you about something that you did in our fantasy draft, though, because it was pretty ridiculous. So I want your explanation for trading Julio for Christian McCafferty. Uh, totally ridiculous. So to give you all a little backstory on what Matt did, we have a Fantasy League's $100 entry. It's very seriously taken. It's been going on for years since, like, what? 2013. Oh, well, yeah. It's a long time. So a lot of people put their time and effort into it. Everybody in there is best friends. It's been an awesome way to stay close to each other. And you're kind of trying to ruin it for everybody, which I think is pretty cool for you, especially since you're the commissioner. So you had the third pick in the draft. Yes. Right after me at two. And I drafted Alvin Kamara at two, like a normal person. And you drafted Christian McCafferty at three, like a normal person. And then you traded Christian McCafferty for Julio Jones straight up immediately, mid-draft, to Brian, who had what pick? Ten? Ten. Ten. So then Brian gets to keep his draft position also at ten, even though everybody four through nine would have taken Christian McCafferty. Um, before I tell you a bunch of reasons why this is wrong, would you like to defend yourself? There's not really any defending myself. You know, I really don't have a good explanation. 
I did have some excuses, though, but, I mean, do you want to hear those excuses? Yeah, I'd love to. I didn't go in that Sunday planned for that to turn out. I had some trade talks with Ronnie and Brian previously. Um, They fell through. We don't have to get all those details. It was miscommunication between me and Sharp. And then I thought I could get Brian to trade me. And I thought he was going to trade me eventually. But I thought he was kind of giving me a poker face. Yeah. And it didn't happen. And I don't want Christian McCaffrey, man. Yeah. I want Julio Jones. I have, I've literally, I think I've had Julio Jones. You said since 2013 we've had this league. I think I have had him every year. That's and your guy. It's my guy. Yeah. Is there better people in fantasy football? Probably. Yes. yes. Maybe. But I would say I do pretty good in fantasy. Yeah, you you're an established owner. It's not like you're not a respectable fantasy guy. It's just like, man, it's Christian McCaffrey, it's Julio Jones, and he got to keep his draft spot. No, so, I mean here's what I think's wrong with it. So number one, he gets Christian McCaffrey at ten, which didn't happen in any draft no, around America. Zero. Yeah, so that's a huge issue. Yeah, everybody three through nine would have drafted Christian McCaffrey in our league and in most leagues if he was available. Also. Reason number three, he got to keep his waiver spot. So he keeps his waiver spot. Well, this is what Brian is telling me. He's like, nobody knows about this, but guess what? The Uh, waiver spot hasn't moved since last year. So that doesn't have anything to do with where he drafted. No. Well, this is just what Brian's telling me, telling me even more about how he No, so the waiver spot is how, what waiver he used last year. So he, I guess, probably didn't use a waiver at the end of the year because he was eliminated maybe. Yeah. Um, So that has nothing to do with it. We... Pick draft order randomly. Okay. So those two things aren't really correlated. Okay. Well, the, the biggest thing is what the, the un, most unfair to the rest of the league because four through nine would have picked him. So in hindsight, I wish I would just drafted Julio and I feel a lot better about it. I don't feel bad about the trade. I really don't. A lot of people think I'm stupid. I, I can't argue that, whatever. But the worst part about it is that four through nine had to um, suffer, not suffer, but, you know, we're miss drafted because of my actions yeah they they were and to me it didn't feel like there was very much bartering involved you know it just kind of happened it just seemed so spur of the moment in there in the room i was like what's going on you're so bamboozled you got seven people in there saying we need to veto this and you're like no nah, we're not gonna veto it i'm the commissioner i i make the rules i'm like okay Corey, what'd you think about it i will say there was trade talk prior to this going down brian did say if who is there you can bet your ass i'm taking them so, he was there, and he took him. Sharp folded on Matt. Matt reacted. Wasn't the right way to react, but he reacted. I don't love it. I called for veto myself. We don't veto a lot in this league, so I knew it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, uh, everybody I've talked to, except for Matt and Brian, has called for a veto. <laughs> so, I don't know how that really works, but yep. you think that would qualify as majority? But, you know, what do, what, what do I know? But you got Julio Jones now. Where, where do you think you're going to finish this year? Number one. Number one. All right. Yeah. If you do, what a story it's going to be. You can come back on here and you can just roast me. So we'll see. January, mid-January, I'll be back home. Yeah. Let me know, man. If I, if I have a spot back, I'll love to come back. Yeah. Uh, come in January. And I will tell you that I was wrong <laughs> and that your plan was just great all along. My last reason is Brian's a good fantasy owner. He really cares about it. He spent probably five, six hours already on his laptop just, I mean, watching videos about Tyler Boyd. So... He really cares. He takes it very seriously, and you just made him the odds-on favorite him. to win the league. And I'm a top three player. Oh, oh man. I, I mean, the draft won't be won on that Sunday. You know, it's going to take True. a trade or a pickup of somebody who's not on a team, a free agent right now, who's going to break out, let's say, week three, week four, 
whoever gets their hands on him will really increase their odds to win the championship. You know, that's fair, man. It, it is like that. It happened last year with several different players. Kittle, Mahomes, as you were saying before the podcast. James so, Conner was undrafted. I got him yeah, like prior to week one. That's terrible. Yeah, that's terrible by me. And I he literally Bell. did everything for me. Yeah. I traded Corey for Le'Veon Bell. Shout out. Yeah. Big shout out. Whatever, Corey. Saved my season. Had a better season than you. Didn't come in last place. God, dude. I came in like, like I made it to the semifinals or something with freaking Le'Veon Bell on my roster. <laughs> What a terrible person that guy is. But, you know, Matt, whatever. You know, whatever. Whatever you think is best. Brian is just so hyped that he has the best team in the league. He really believes that. So, we should all take it personal. We should try to beat Brian. He's already really worried about your week four matchup with him because he's got some people on by. That's how much he cares. He's the, looking at- uh, the two most important people, Christian McCaffrey and James Conner, are both on buys. The man cares about his fantasy football, man. He really does. But we can go back to actual football now. I just really needed to get that off my chest. And we I can come back p- to it like, yeah. later in this episode. Sounds good. Yeah, if you, if you want to keep talking about it, you <laughs> let me know. I, I thought this was going to be something that – in fact, I sent you this entire topic sheet, and you were like, I don't want to talk about that, man. And I knew what you were talking about. I definitely didn't think you were going to – you were talking about Cam Newton's health. Let's talk about the Panthers. So Cam Newton is expected to start week one. Even if Cam Newton stays healthy, though, can the Panthers be competitive in this division? Corey? Um – Competitive, yes. Do I think they'll be in a spot to win? Probably not. But I just look at this wide receiving court, and I just question who is he going to throw it to. I know DJ Moore is up and coming. Other than that, I mean, there's not a whole lot there. So unless him and Christian average about 30 touchdowns apiece this season, then there's just no shot. Yeah, I, I would agree. The skill player drop-off from Christian McCaffrey in Carolina is really, really bad. I have a huge issue with the Panthers. I kept betting on the Panthers last year, thinking they were due when they were on their like absolute free fall losing streak. Doesn't feel good. And another thing that I have a huge problem with doing is taking Devin Funches to score the first touchdown. I don't know what's wrong with me. I look at it and I'm always like, oh, Devin Funches, he's for sure scoring the first touchdown, ten to win one ten. And by the end of the year, you're like minus one sixty from putting ten on Devin Funches every single week, and him never scoring the first touchdown. Don't like Devin Funches. Matt, your thoughts on the Panthers? So, we talked about CMC a couple of times throughout the episode already. Yeah. He's their only player they have, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I mean, Greg Olson kind of washed. Uh, DJ Moore, is that his name? Yep. The second-year receiver? Yep. I mean, he hasn't proven anything. For sure. So, let's say CMC gets 25 touches a game, 30 touches a game. 30 is a lot. I don't think he could withstand a 30-touch workload, 25-20. I don't think he's going to do much with it. That's kind of a reason why I don't want CMC to get to uh, back myself up. Oh, yeah, okay, earlier. you're using this segment too, I hear you. Um, but no, I mean, I don't think, oh, well, they're 7-9 last year. They give CMC all the touches. I don't know how they're going to win football games like that. They lost some people on defense. Thomas Davis been one of the best linebackers in the NFL for a long time. I don't think they can compete with the Saints and the Falcons, but, you know, who knows? So I play the game. Cam Newton, MVP, Super Bowl run. Yeah. So we'll see. 50-1 to one to win the MVP. Not bad odds, but... I don't know. I mean, I feel like the Panthers are not going to be very good. I see like an 8-8, eight and eight, maybe less uh, year less. for them. I think less. Yeah. yeah I, the NFC is too deep in terms of playoff teams. It's really hard to say like, yeah, two of the Packers, Bears, and Vikings are not going to make the playoffs. And 
to like, are the Seahawks not going to make the playoffs? I don't know. Are the Cowboys and Eagles both about to make the playoffs? I don't even think you can put the Panthers on that same tier no. as, as the rest of those teams. Mm-mm. So yeah, I think that's the biggest issue with them. They're in a really tough division. They're going to play all these teams. And the Bucks, I feel like, tend to play their divisional opponents pretty tough. Could be wrong there. Not a real stat. I just feel like they usually hang in there with them. And, I mean, if they're going to win some games this year, it's probably against the Panthers. Let's talk about the Bucks. Do y'all think this is the final year that we watch Jameis in Tampa Bay? Still getting some pretty decent fantasy love in terms of the rankings. It should be. He is absolutely terrible. <laughs> and I know people want to compare like him and Mariota going over to AFC. But it's just different. Jameson is just bad. Just not good. And a good team always starts with defense, then a good quarterback. Yeah. If you don't have a good quarterback, probably not going to last too long in the NFL. Kind of cringeworthy to watch Jameis's huddle speeches that he gives he's a very easy guy to hate but him and Mariota it's kind of a good comparison because yeah. a ton of college success guys that came out of college football and you're like man this guy's gonna be awesome how, how could he fail he's got all the tools and they just haven't shown that potential at the highest level consistently and they've had a few games to the point where their franchises haven't given up on him so it's a very reasonable comparison but yeah I'm really tired of watching Jameis Matt what are your thoughts it's hard to say you know they use a he's a first round pick in his draft class and I know he hasn't lived up to it, but he has had somewhat success, and they got a new head coach, so we'll see how well they mesh together and then just go from there. Yeah, for sure. What do y'all think the Bucks ceiling is? What's what's a record prediction for the Bucks? Six and ten. Six and ten. Nice. That's what Pat said for the Dolphins. No so, chance they go six and ten. Yeah. No, no way they have a winning record. Yeah, I would agree. Zero. This Godwin guy is supposed to be good. Who's a running back? Peyton Barber. Uh. Ronald Jones the third. Bar- yeah, yeah, Barber right. and Jones. Yeah. Who they draft this year? I think that linebacker LSU. Let's see. Yeah, they got Devin White and they signed Domkin Sue. Oh, oh yeah, he did go to the Bucks. Well, that's a nice pickup. Devin White, love yeah. that guy. So I guess they're focused on their defense. You know, they definitely upgraded it from those two picks. What do you think? Devin White has more heart than any LSU player in the last 10 years. In our bowl game against UCF at Fiesta Bowl, every single player that was even thinking about getting drafted sat out. Like, I was, players were getting first reps of the season in that bowl game. It's pretty classic. And Devin White. Went out there and played. Gave it his all. And dr- got drafted fifth. Had like 15 tackles in the game. Went to war, won, and covered. Unbelievable. God, what a university. Bucks, yeah, you've sold me on them. They're at 7-9. and nine. <laughs> Devin White. Uh, let's talk about the Saints. Do you all think this is a year for the Saints? They're, they're the NFC favorite. Awesome year last year. Uh, pass was clearly tipped against the Rams, so it really wasn't a pass interference call. So they didn't get screwed at all. But they did lose on that Hail Mary the year before, which was pretty tough. So postseason misfortune for the Saints the last two years. Uh, they appear to be pretty good. They really just lost Mark Ingram. So how are we feeling about the Saints? It's hard not to not go with the Saints, but being the Falcons fan, I don't think the Saints are going to win. I don't okay. want them to win. But they do have all the weapons. I don't really know what they did on the defense side of the ball, but last year their defense was solid. Like you said, on offense, they didn't lose anybody. Michael Thomas, stud. Kamara, stud. Drew Brees, stud. Can't go against them, really. Yeah, it's pretty tough. Michael Thomas sets a bad example for all these people that want to hold out. If he just goes to practice, keeps his mouth shut, he makes one year $1.1 million. That's what was, what was left on his contract. He holds out, gets $100 million over five years. Don't go to practice, So you're kids. saying no Zeke this year, no, no Melvin Gordon this year? I don't know. I think that Zeke is probably going to play from what you're reading. If he won't take second-highest paid running back in the NFL, he's not going to take much. And I feel like he really wants to be on the Cowboys. I think that was the difference in between the Bell situation and Zeke. This is Zeke's best fit, I feel like. And Bell, I think, really felt like he could succeed wherever. But I don't think Melvin Gordon's ever going to show up. No. Oh. I don't think so either. Yeah. Uh, 
Corey, if the Saints have a weakness, what is it? Um, I would say uh, their unluckiness because yeah, they're very solid. Yes. They're very solid on both sides of the ball. And a team can only get so close so many times. You said the Minneapolis miracle, very unfortunate. And then the tipped tip, pass, yeah. tip, the, the tipped pass yeah, for uh, sure tipped. was very unfortunate also. So uh, these things keep uh, adding up. It's only a matter of time. That is such a good point. Unluckiness. That, that really is it. And, I mean, this city um, got a lot of family there. Sister loves it. All my family likes the Saints on the mom's side. But, I mean, a bunch of crybabies down there, huh? I mean, <laughs> what are they, boycotting football? Nobody watched the Super Bowl. They're having parades. They're filing lawsuits against the NFL. I wouldn't think that would help nope. your karma. Nope. But, I mean, what do I know? So who wins the NFC South? I like the Saints, but I do like the Falcons to get to the playoffs and have a very successful year. Matt, what are you thinking? I think that's a common pick, but I'll roll Atlanta. Okay. Just Corey? for the sake of it. I'm also going Saints um, with Atlanta right behind them. Okay. Well, hopefully we're right. Hopefully the Panthers and the Bucks are not very good. Let's talk about the AFC. Andrew Luck retired on Saturday. Just quit football at age 29. Congrats to him. Really shakes up the AFC South drastically. Odds are very different. What were your thoughts on his decision at the time, and have those changed? Um, I was um, all right with it, seeing how I somewhat root for the Titans most uh, most Sundays, <laughs> Thursdays and Mondays. Um, so I did not have a problem with it. Even like as not as a fan, I still understood why he wouldn't. I mean, dude's been hurt the last three years in rehab every off season. That can't be fun or where you want to go. You know, five six years down the road. Yeah. So I completely understand, and you know where why he did it, and I'm very glad he did it. Yeah, I just think it sucks. I really felt like this was the year for the Colts. Like he, he, I felt like he was going to be healthy. I know that he obviously wasn't because he was rehabbing again, and clearly I think these injury issues are more than what you see, kind of a Golden State Warrior situation. I, I just can't believe that he's going to quit football. You watch those videos where he's mic'd up complimenting everybody that knocks him down, and he just seems like such a good guy. and He just loves it out there. and I don't know what else he's going to do. He definitely can't do any sort of media. He's very awkward and just not charismatic. So it's very odd to me that he's not going to play and he's not going to be out there. But I felt like the Colts handled it perfectly by kind of supporting him and really just like, hey, we have his back. We understand what he's doing. We're going to give him all this money still. Everything's fine. Because if he does come back, now he will probably want to be a Colt despite them booing him off the field. Yeah. Not a great look. Matt, what were your thoughts? As a fan, it's kind of tough to see. What do you think the odds of him playing football again are? I think that he eventually comes back. He's only 29, and I think that, you know, you compare him to these other guys that have retired early. I don't know. I really feel like he comes back. He's playing a position where he doesn't necessarily have to get hit as much as other positions do, and I just think he's really going to miss it in a year or two. I just think he's a super smart guy, you know, graduate from Stanford. I feel like maybe not a job with football, but a job, you know, making the, the world a better place. Yeah, okay. I think he could uh, make a change in the world like that. Oh, okay. So you think he's going to make a change in the yeah. world? I saw Larry Fitzgerald hit him up. He's like, if you want to use this uh, degree, hit me up and we can get something going. Oh, that's kind of nice. Yeah, I mean, you know I'm a big Andrew Luck guy. Wore the jersey to the draft. Repped really hardcore. Wanted to draft him as a joke. But we didn't have 16 rounds at our draft. Yeah, that's, that's on me as well. Yeah, what are you doing? You know, what's up with you this year <laughs> being the fantasy commissioner? Oh, uh, uh, it's all right. I still got my guy Dak off. The waiver wire today, so it's huge for me. Huge. Not but bad. luck, I think he comes back. Corey, you don't? No, nah, zero. Uh, if you got to stand behind an offensive line like the one he does and hope and pray they protect you, you probably would not come back too because he's hurt for a reason, and I'm sure it's not him just scrambling. 
I'm sure those hits in the pocket have accumulated over these uh, last few years. And if I was him, I would probably be sick of it too. It's a very good point. I saw so many tweets about that, that this is actually on the first GM that the Colts had, not the one who's in the position now, because they just never did anything with the offensive line, and it consistently struggled. And that's what really bums me out about this year, is I feel like the Colts had finally figured out the running game, and they really haven't been able to do that in Andrew Luck's entire era in, in Indianapolis. They've never had a running back where we've been like, oh, we got to have that guy on our fantasy team. And I think that they kind of figured that out with Marlon Mack and the Heinz guys decent too. And they were just really close. You, you didn't realize how important Andrew Luck was to their team until now when they don't have him. They were the favorite to win this division, and now they're like plus 400. Do you all think with Brissett that they have any chance this year? No chance, but I don't think they'll lose as many games as people are saying. I think Brissett can still probably get you in that 6-7 range where Luck was probably getting you like the 8, 9, or 10 range. I think Brissett can still get you in a 6-7 range. One of the better backups in the NFL, I'd say. I don't really know if it's a product of what he did with the Patriots or not. The Patriots always make a way of making a backup quarterback look good. But I don't know. He's in the spotlight now. I do think they're in a situation where you don't see them trying to sign anybody. I saw some stuff like, go pick up Teddy. I love that. I wish they would. But I think Brissett's good enough to where he's going to get a chance for pretty much this entire year. And then if it, things don't work out for him, they'll work within their own roster. Who's the other backup? Swag Kelly? Yeah. Yep. Uh, I saw a tweet today. They're bringing in Brock Osweiler for, okay. a, little, for, a, little, for a look at. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, we may need to restart this podcast <laughs> now that they have 6'9 uh, Brock. <laughs> That's huge. Matt, what do you give their chances with Jacoby? I think it's too big of a drop-off. You know, Andrew Luck's a franchise quarterback. The division is kind of tough. One of the, Probably one of the better divisions in football from top to bottom. Yeah. I don't think they can win it. I don't think they go to the playoffs. I totally agree. This division is so deep. That's what stood out to me in this podcast versus the last one that I did with Kendrick, Pat, and Biv. The NFC and AFC East have so many bad teams in it. The Redskins, the Giants, the Dolphins, the Jets, the Bills. It's literally over half are bad. And what we're talking about today, I think the Bucks are the worst team that we're going to discuss. But I think the AFC South is wide open, and now the Colts are the worst team in it. And I just don't – with all the improvements that the Jags made, which we'll talk about now, but – I just don't see the Colts having much of a chance. And it, it really, the worst part is that relationship between T.Y. Hilton and Luck. They had about as much chemistry as anybody in the NFL. And you see T.Y.'s, you know, tweet to him, hey, I love sad. you, 12. Oh, my God. I mean, just rip my heart out and step <laughs> on it. Oh, good Lord. I still drafted T.Y., though. Good pick. Got him in the fifth round. Yeah, you got him late. You got him at a good price. Yeah, I did. He was my guy last year, but. I don't know without luck. Persak is still slinging now, so, I mean, I think he's still kind of valuable. Yeah, he's he's still, not Andrew Love valuable, but I think he's still. Good for a fifth round. Yeah, and he's still the number one option on their entire offense. I, yeah. I think that he, even with Brissett back there, will score more points than Marlon Mack this year. And I, I think it'll be close. I think that both of those guys are still start every single week kind of guys. But, yeah, I like T.Y. I hope he continues to succeed. But huge bummer for him. Tore Louisville up with FIU. Let's talk about the Jags. I'm wearing my Blake Bortles jersey. I'm ready to rock. Matt's got his shirt on. Do you all think Nick Foles is what the Jags were missing? I now, do. Tread carefully because I'm a big Bortles guy. No, I do. Like, you know, how good was our defense two years ago compared to last year? And, you know, Nick, uh, Blake Bortles plays offense or whatever. But just psychologically, when you don't think you can win because of a quarterback, I just think it makes a huge difference to change – to make some kind of change in the locker room. For sure. And their defense is stacked. It's been stacked. There's just no reason why 
they can't get back to what they were what two years ago. Yeah, yeah, 2017. I mean, they got like what all the way to the AFC, AFC Championship. championship. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. They with, got robbed. Talk about getting robbed. Yeah, with Bortles at the helm, and then last year it just kind of all fell apart. Yeah. He was in so many games. How many games are the Jags in every Sunday when you're watching them, where they have like ten points in the fourth quarter? They literally cannot explode for more than 30. And I think Foles just completely opens that up. Hopefully I mean, he opens up the run game, you know. Fournette's tired of looking at some stacked boxes. Definitely, dude. Yeah, Fournette, man. That guy just flies off the handle out there. I'm, I'm not really sure what to think about him, but you would think that would help him. Still not sure about their receiving core. I feel, like it, I feel like it could be a lot better, but... I mean, Nick Foles, the guy's proven. Last year, the playoff run that he led the Eagles on, he came in for wins and played nothing but tough teams. Nothing but got the road win in L.A. to really propel them back into the playoff picture. The guy's unreal. He's really good, and he has weapons around him. And what you said about their defense, I mean, this is one of the best defenses in the NFL, and they add Corey, your guy, Josh Allen, who's looked great in the preseason. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that so, defense, um, like I said earlier about the Bucks, that like they need a defense and a good quarterback to you know compete in the NFL. The Jags have that. Yeah. So as long as that defense comes to play, and Foles does his thing, and Fournette stays healthy, yeah, I think they're uh, looking for a good season. It's going to be exciting. I really see only one playoff team out of this division, and I really don't know who it could be because it could be any of the really the three teams. I don't see the Colts winning this division because of how deep this division is and the fact that they're all going to play each other twice. But I, I think that the Jags would probably be my pick. I think that we're going to get closer to a 2017 version of them versus 2018, but who knows? Let's talk about the Texans, though. They're the favorite. Is that your all's pick? Uh, negative. That is not my pick. With the uh, turmoil going on right now with Clowney, uh, probably not going to go with them. That is not a great look or a great thing to have two weeks or a week, a week before the season starts so i probably wouldn't pick them so i'd have to either go between like the jags or titans probably be able to make a run how under the radar has that been i mean i uh, haven't heard hardly anything about that just saw it the other day and they lost the cornerback jackson to the broncos one of the better ones in the league no more tyron matthew he's a chief now so they lost a lot on their defense and now lamar miller tears his acl in the preseason game this is a team that's had a lot happen too they still have their most important player on offense, which is Deshaun Watson, and I still think J.J. Watt's probably their most important defensive player, but I mean, that guy can't stay healthy. And I think the Texans, you see a lot more questions than you see with the Jaguars, which is, oh, my God, guys, the Cubs are up 6 nothing in the top of the first. Oh, my God, and we're just doing this podcast. Go, Cubbies. Oh, my God, we're literally turning up. Oh, we're so winning the World Series. Um, okay, Uh Back to this, I guess. Uh, Corey, do you think Deshaun Watson's going to be better or worse than he was last season? Starting 0-3, and I think, boy, racking off like nine wins straight, uh, was pretty impressive. And it's going to be really hard to do something like that again. But I do think they will probably put up the same amount or just as many points. Um, but that defense is probably going to give up just as many points. So he might have a good year. But it ain't, probably won't look like it through the win-loss column. Yeah, I think they've hit a home run with their quarterback. He was a top fantasy quarterback in 2017 all the way up until when he got hurt, which is really crazy to think about. He's only had success at every level of football in terms of winning games. So when you have a guy like that, you always have a chance. Yeah. And I do think that Deshaun Watson is still the best quarterback in this division. I just don't think we've seen – we haven't seen a full season of Nick Foles yet. So we'll see. But I, I do like the Jags. What do you think about Deshaun Watson, Matt? I think he'll be better this year. I think last year he was still dealing with injuries. Like He couldn't even fly yeah. to team games. He'd take the bus. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. There's no way he was healthy last year, and he still had a pretty good year. Yeah. I think the sky's the only limit for him. Yeah, I mean, that guy was battered. Who's their backup? Because he does have health issues. 
That I am not sure about. I don't know either. Like Ryan Mallett, maybe? Where's he at no nowadays? Way. Yeah, no so way, Matt. He is that's not in the NFL. Hard Knocks, that's <laughs> what it was, wasn't it? A.J. McCarron. Mm, oh, nice. yeah. Another proven college football champion. Okay. <laughs> college. <laughs> college. Okay. Oh, uh, it's funny. Okay, well, we're kind of a lot of questions about the Texans. Corey, your shirt. Tighten up. Tighten up. One of our favorite phrases of all time. Probably the best odds in the AFC South in terms of winning because you are – this is kind of wide open and you are going to get – Anywhere from like plus two fifty to plus three thirty five, I've seen on the Titans to win this division. Can they do it though with their quarterback situation? We got Mariota and Ryan Tannehill this year. We ditched Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, um, I actually do really like their chances. The only thing that concerns me is Taylor Lewan, four game suspension. It's really tough not have the best left tackle in football protecting your franchise quarterback, and going on a road first game at Brownies. New stack defense. I don't love it, but we are playing the NFC South, which have the terrible Bucks and terrible Panthers. So I do like our chance to at least compete for the first spot in the South. Okay, I like it. Um, Ryan Tannehill, not the worst backup you could have. I really don't think so. I mean, he, he's a guy that consistently played 500 football when he could stay healthy. And I, I think that Mariota is like a lock to miss six games <laughs> at this point. Yeah, yeah, it's not especially missing, like I said, your best left tackle. He's definitely going to get hit a lot those first four weeks because I think the Jaguars are somewhere in our two. I think week three, actually. So uh, he will definitely get his fair share hit first four weeks. Just going to throw him in the cold tub and hope he makes it. Man, Josh Allen without Taylor Lewan could Dog. be a nightmare. Something to look at. We all need to take the Jags week three. It sounds great, I'm just gonna, based on that. Be there, There's man. not enough points they can put up there that make me scared to take the Jags. All right. I'd love to hear it. Now no. we've got a week three lock to look forward to. So much to look forward to. Football is almost here. Matt, how are you feeling about the Titans? Uh, I don't see why, why they can't compete. I think last year they were right on the cusp of competing for a wild card. Yeah, they uh, until the it last like game. It was game. Game. Yeah. like a playoff mm-hmm. before the playoff. Yep, and Gabbard had to play. Lock of the year. <laughs> Colts, lock of the year. Oh, man, that was a Sunday get-back game, too. That was awesome. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, so why not? I, you know, why can't they compete? they got a good running back. The quarterback hasn't really proved himself yet, but – Two really good running backs, really. I mean, Derrick Henry's really coming along, was ranked way higher on fantasy rankings than I was expecting going into the year. And Deion Lewis was ranked a lot lower than I expected. They played him about 50-50 last year, and they do run a lot of flare plays for the back out of the backfield. Yeah, he just all you. Yeah, decent weapons there. They don't have a, a real number one wide receiver, I feel like, but between Corey Davis and Tajay Sharp and... Yeah, Delaney Walker back. Yeah, Delaney Walker. A lot of really solid options, but... Uh, they they just need to survive. The Titans are going to have to win games that they weren't supposed to win. They were in that situation last year because of wins like at home against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And, and they the Eagles too, right? Yeah, they, I, I'm I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they did because Kendrick was there. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. That was <laughs> yeah, he called me right before the game and he was like, "Will I never bet on sports? And every time I do, I lose. But I just watched the Eagles run out of the tunnel. I want a hundred on them. Bet on it right now." I was like, all right, man, are you sure I, all my money's tied up into stuff? This is going to be like the last thing I bet on today. How do you feel about it? And he was like, love it, dude. You should see him run out of the tunnel. I was like, all right, you're wasted. I'll take it for you. Eagles got 14 nothing. He's texting me, and he's like, this is the best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and they lost. And he's not with that girl anymore. Uh, <laughs> Corey, anything stand out to you? I like the addition of Adam Humphreys. I know it's not no, no you know, I like that. marquee I'm glad you name that up. or anything, whatever, but it does add another kind of um, confident weapon, reliable, reliable weapon you can use. 
Um, he's not, you know, the most creative wide receiver, but I think he's someone you can trust when you throw him the ball. Yeah, no, I I love that comment right there. Now, this is a deep receiving core, one of the deepest in the NFL. Not one of the most talented, but a lot of guys. This is a team that can afford some injury at the wideout spot and still be really solid. Humphreys, man, I like him. Is he a free agent in our league? Uh, no, I think I actually did scoop him up. I no, think he's, he's on you my think roster. you did? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's funny. God, like, oh, I don't know. You'll go waste your time and look for him though. All right, AFC South. Who do you like to win? I'm taking the hometown team, my new hometown team, Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> the you know, they got the defense, they got the new addition at quarterback. I like it. Okay, Corey. If the Titans can split this four-week absence of Taylor Lewan, I like them to win it. However, if they do go one and three or zero oh and three, then I am pretty confident the Jags are gonna lock it up. Okay. Wow, we're kind of off the Texans here. Could make a little money here if we if we actually capitalize this, which we probably won't. But I I also like the Jags. So I'm I'm with you. I'm completely sold. Thanks to this Red Talk podcast. Your Week One NFL lock against the spread. This is gonna come out on Monday or Tuesday of next week, and then there are going to be games on Thursday. NFL is here. No more preseason. No more fake football. Week one, NFL lock. Corey, what do you got? Uh, unless something insane happens, then it gets up to like 10 or something, which would probably be the craziest jump of spread it's had in the NFL. I think the LA Chargers, minus seven at home, versus the newly retired luckless Colts, Yes, um, is the absolute easiest bet you can make week one. Love this pick. Dylan Bickle tried to get me to take this right when luck retired. Brilliant way of thinking. Couldn't get to it in time. Already off the board. I think it was like three and a half or something before he retired. It's seven now. I feel like that should be more. I feel like it should be a full touchdown adjustment. So, yeah, I love that pick. I think that you're getting a little extra than you should be getting. Matt, what do you think? I like the Rams on the road, minus three against the Panthers. Okay. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I love for the Rams to start one and zero. No Cam Newton or – I'm assuming this is with Cam Newton playing, but yeah, I'm he, sure he will play. He's expe- Rivera said they expect him to play week one, which is kind of doesn't go with everything that you've heard mm-hmm. in, until that statement. But, yeah, the Rams are really tough, and the Rams have one of the best defensive lines in football. So I would feel like they're going to have to have success through the air, which they shouldn't be able to do. So I'm with you. Rams, I think we might have some locks here. Yeah, I'm like gonna, I'm going to go with a teaser between Lamar and... On the road in Miami, going back to Florida, they're only minus like four and a half against the Dolphins. Dolphins are going to be horrendous. <laughs> Pat has to cut off his pinky if the Dolphins go 0-16. There's no way they're winning week one. No, no, no chance. So I'm going to take Lamar just to win somewhere around in there. Then I'm going to tease the Seahawks down from eight to minus two at home against the Bengals. And the Bengals wow. go in there and beat the Seahawks without A.J. Green. That's fine. You can take my money because I'm not buying it. Yep. There's not a lot of home games that I like because they're also, for the most part, they're pretty large spreads. Yep. Chargers 7, Patriots 7, Saints 7. Yep, don't love like any of those. I did kind of like the Cowboys against the Giants. The Giants always seem to beat the Cowboys in a, in a weird way at the beginning of the year, and I, I just don't see them. that happens. I really hope they beat them. Yeah, I know you guys are probably anti-Cowboys, but Cowboys minus 7. And Dak starting for I hate the group text. It's just hard to see things not going well for – the Cowboys, week one. But I agree. If, if Zeke's not there, that spread probably dives to five or something like that. I think that's totally expecting With Zeke, Zeke to play. Yeah, 100%. I think the line reflects that. But hopefully we have some locks there. Is there anything you all would like to talk to me about? Uh, i just like to add that I think a sneaky MVP candidate, don't know what the odds are at, but I think you should take Phillip Rivers. 
Philip Rivers. I Phillip think he's getting like Rivers. forty to one. Uh, I would take that in a heartbeat. Uh, he has uh, Keenan Allen, one of the better route runners in the NFL, as I've seen on social media. Yeah, and, nasty, jiffable wide receiver. Yep. And then he has that big, tall man out there, Mike Williams. Mike Shout Will out. made it. Yep. Shout out Clemson. Um, and there's no reason he shouldn't throw for so many yards this year, so many touchdowns. Okay. Yeah, and he's got that you know out of the backfield passing threat now which he didn't necessarily have with Gordon they're gonna probably pass on 80 percent of their plays and a lot of their running style plays are going to be just little flare outs to Eckler and Justin Jackson really both more receiving style running backs okay Philip Rivers for the MVP you're gonna sound smart if that happens Uh, he'll be there yeah okay Matt you got anything Uh, I want to go back to talking about fantasy football all right sounds good I just want to use this platform to um not uh, to diss you know the next morning, that Monday morning, a bunch of people hit my phone up, like, dude, your team sucks. Yeah. Two people in particular, Ronnie yeah. Sharp and Vivian. Yeah. These dudes are calling me out. <laughs> These dudes haven't made the playoffs or anything in yeah, three I, years. That's fair. And they're going to call me, text me, wake me up from my sleep, talk about how bad my team is. I don't know. These dudes just need to uh, make the playoffs and win a little bit before. Like, I don't think they're on the same tier. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah. And yeah. I, don't, I don't mean to bring um, Tim Diss to your podcast, no, your I'll, family podcast. Do what you got to do, man. I just want to use this platform just to kind of. Uh, let them know how I feel about them. Yeah, that that's a fair point, man. I mean, you definitely don't see that you're playing Ronnie or Biv and you're real scared. And shout out to Ronnie, you know. A little slight on me and his team name. He named it Reed Talk after Jordan Reed. So, thanks for that, Ronnie. Going to make me kind of cheer for your team, though. I kind of like that name. But, yeah, you know, Bivin put in our group text, which I hate. Hate the group text. That what? What did he say? He was like Venmo. Go ahead Biv. and pay me or something like that. And did you go look at his team after he said that? I did not. It's it's not one where you're like, damn, that guy's winning the league. We should just Venmo him right now. No, Sharp's talking about like Blake coming in last. This dude came in last two years ago. Oh, I forgot about that. And he's like making fun of Blake, trying to talk about him running the mini marathon. Him to the ACT. Did you hear what Waggle suggested we should do? I did not. He said that whoever finishes last should have to pay and enter a bodybuilding competition. And just <laughs> like, like as they are, like go up there and flex and like do all the stuff with them. And I think that that would just be hilarious. Because, you know, the ACT, the mini marathon, like we're going to be able to get some pictures of that. But and, you can't really. But you can't get pictures of it like you could at no, something like that. Because that roast goes on so much further than just between our league. If, if somebody does that, you're going to be able to put those pictures on social media. Sharp had mentioned uh, somebody doing like a ten minute stand up comedy skit. That that like, also, could you imagine Blake doing that? Yeah, that also sounds <laughs> great. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Like taking the ACT, that's hilarious, and that would suck so bad to wake up on a like, Saturday morning. Could you imagine being a fifteen year old kid looking up and like a grown twenty six year old man, <laughs> yeah, Ronnie Sharp sitting there? <laughs> Looks like he's thirty two. Yeah, uh, it would be insane. But I just feel like that's not as embarrassing because you're just there. You know, it's just you, and you're like. All right, I just got to get through this. And you're not really trying. You know, yeah. you're probably hitting them with an A, C, B, D yeah, type thing. Yeah, you're just skimming through it. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, a mini marathon, I, I don't know. If, if Honestly, for me, I'm probably out on the league if, if I had to. <laughs> I just don't think I could do it. Like, it's not that I wouldn't want to be in the league anymore. I just don't think that I, as a man, could accomplish that right now. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things like Jared's in this league, and he has to run, he's fine. You know, he's good. He'll probably do it just out of leisure. But, I mean, me, I I'm not completing something like that, but the bodybuilding competition <laughs> is something I could get behind. That is for my vote right after relegation, because if you all want to be some men in this league, we need to involve relegation. I mean, you know how much pressure there would be if, if you literally came in last year out of the league for a year 
And we, we have people that want to be in this league. I'm just saying I stand by that relegation is the best thing to do. I am not completely against relegation. I kind of like the idea. I just think it's badass. Yeah. I mean, as one of the people who normally, unless, you know, obviously injury or something happened, doesn't have to worry about coming in last place. Um, which my name got brought up last week, last episode of Red Talk. Yep. Didn't appreciate that. Yep. Uh, I came in last yeah, like, you know. once in like, the last like <laughs> six years. I've also been in the championship twice. People don't talk about that. Lost them both, but that's okay. Um, I, I didn't really appreciate my name getting thrown in the mud with like Blake and Bivin because those are serious contenders for last place just Blinko about too. every year. Blinko too. Yeah, no, 100% Blinko. The, that, that quote right there that I gave out was from Brian. Too, just so you know, because I, I was asking Brian what we should do, and Brian said you shouldn't even ask me. You should ask, and then he did go on to say, yeah. you know, Blake Bivin, Corey, or Blinko, uh, which is ridiculous because uh, <laughs> Brian has won probably one championship. I think it was an eight man league at the time where like two people just didn't even play, and he still wants to kind of count that trophy. Taylor Robinson was in the league that year. So. Oh God. Um, but um, anyway, since then I have actually gone on. To stop Brian from actually making the championship game and have won fairly, you know, enough regular season games to talk about. So I may not be the most respected owner, but when you see you gotta play Seal of Fever, you're not really in the clear. Okay, I hear you. I, I'm sold. I mean, you, you backed it up. I understand who's the most respected owner in our league. Um, I would throw it up as a toss up. No, no, I lied, I lied, I lied, I lied. Matt Shea would probably be number one. Oh God. Brian, Brian's slightly behind him. I still don't give credit, Brian, for that eight-man trophy he wants to hold up and claim to. Brian just plays hard, man. Uh, he does He does have the most points. He is the greatest regular season owner I've probably ever seen. But as far as it comes to winning like championships, like stuff that matters, yeah. Matt you know, does have the most or like the most recent you know, with the most impressive uh, stats. Yeah, he thinks it's sweet now, though. He's not even trying. Yeah, exactly. He's still going to Super Bowl uh, hangover. I uh, don't respect Soli's. <laughs> I don't respect Soli's championship. Really? Uh, one for the fact that he wasn't at the draft. So, like, I know he still called in and, like, did his thing. And he picked up, like, the number one quarterback and, like, number one running back. I feel like that goes into, like, respecting his championship more, though. No. You know, because no. he made moves outside of the draft, even though he couldn't be there. I, I feel like my answer is Sully. But I think if he's there in the atmosphere, his head might have been somewhere else. We don't know what he would have been like if he was there. We were at a lake house. Yeah, that's it was a, a long good day. Point. I mean, did a, a lot of people were off the wall. Yeah, that weekend. it took and us Sully quite a bit. could have done that. I mean, y- y'all remember how Jonathan was acting there? Uh, out of control. Out there, of there's control. a home Blake's wall for that day. Yeah, that morning. That's that wasn't cool. So if Sully's there for a whole weekend, that draft's not the same. Hey, Corey, that's a really good point because our draft this year was so much more controlled. It was not. It, it, Nobody was blacked out. It wouldn't. Even, it wouldn't have been okay. Yeah, the level of um, soberness was night and day. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, it was appalling difference. Yeah, we had some wild people at our draft. Yeah, yeah. She's not that sweet with a lot of people that were that were there at that draft. No, anymore. no, 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 no. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, that draft will not ever take place at said uh, lake house ever again. Is that so, true? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think we're even allowed there without the parents there <laughs> oh, now. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I, how'd y'all put the hole in the wall? We, you know, we, we got away with it saying it's Well, it's not we. It's not we. We blamed on yeah, Hard blamed on Hard and then Sharp I'm going to bleep out the name every time we say it on this podcast. And then Sharp walked out that next morning and was like, hey, I might have, I might, have might not have done that. Hey, bro, what do you mean? You, so you did it or you did not do it. And he said he did it. He, he fell down the stairs like late at night. Huh. Okay. Well, yeah, if I was placing odds on it, I would probably put, 
Honestly, I don't know. You know, because they're so small. Like, I wouldn't, not think I would put her as a favorite. I'd definitely put her as a favorite to be the biggest clown. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's what we assume. Yeah. We assume she got drunk, fell down the steps, and hit it. Yeah. It just happened to be Ronnie. Okay. All right. All right, Ronnie put a hole in the wall. Yeah, I mean, there's no way he has karma built up to win the league, even even now. No, right. but to go back on Corey's point, I'll, I'll back up solely, saying he's, his championship is well-deserved. Well yes, I, I totally agree. And last year I felt like the majority of the year I was looking at his team like, this is the best team. And they ended up winning it, which doesn't always happen. Usually things happen. I mean, a lot of Kareem Hunt owners were really, you know, in a great spot last year with one of the top running backs in the league, and then he fights that girl. And not in a good spot anymore. And Sully's team, everybody was just good guys, and they won the title. Hard to not respect the guy. Uh, I'm going to go with Sully as uh, the most respected fantasy owner. Any, anything else? I'm good. Corey, you're good. Matt? All right. Well, guys, this was fun. I hope you all enjoyed yourselves. Hope we can do this more. Yeah, this is great. I'm really looking forward to uh, coming on week three, uh, Kentucky-Florida week. That should be a very good one. What do you think week three, Kentucky-Florida, you versus Dustin Fowler, 1v1 in my room? <laughs> It'd be something. Uh, as far as like numbers and stats go, I don't have enough credibility in the history to actually back that up. As Austin just, said, nobody beats you all 32 times in a row. Exactly, exactly. And now that we got one started, we're going to start our own streak after week three. Getting hot. Quarterback doesn't look that good. And Dustin Fowler tweeted that he you know, was looking for a ticket to that game and that he would wear neutral colors and sit in silence all the time. I'm going to go ahead and let you know that's not the case. I went to the SEC tournament with him. And we watched LSU Florida one o'clock. It's not what he did. <laughs> Drove him there. He got his tickets. It's not how he acted. So if you were thinking about bringing him to that, um, I you know. sarcastically did like it because I knew he wouldn't ask me because that's just ridiculous to ask. Yeah, which I, I do have no problem with Dustin. But when that Florida week comes, it's just something different by the guy. Yeah, it's not that sweet between no, you guys that no. week. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, we'll set that up for sure. I'm definitely trying to see you versus Dustin 1v1. I'm sure everybody wants to hear that versus reading it on Twitter every day. So, yeah, okay, that sounds nice. I look forward to that. Matt, did you have a good time? Yeah, I did. I'll be back um, late January or early January, late December. Late January. Where hopefully we're talking about your fantasy title and the Falcons' success. But yeah, that'd be awesome to talk about. Yeah, we'll see, man. All right. All right. Sounds well, good. This was fun, guys. TTYL.